Hello, this is Hilary Robertson. Welcome to the latest episode of Harmonious World. And this time I'm joined by violist Paul Laraya from Catalyst Quartet. The quartet's new album is Uncovered Volume 1 featuring the works of Samuel Coleridge-Taylor. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello. Hello there. Thank you for joining me. No problem. So I'm very excited about this. I absolutely love this album. And and I always get confused because obviously it's not Samuel Taylor Coleridge, it's Samuel Coleridge Taylor. That's the <laughs> and, one. And he's a fascinating composer, isn't he? Very brief life, but quite prolific, actually. Yes. Yeah, um, it's he he's a real he's a real treasure. Yeah, and there's not enough recordings of his work. So is that why you decided that you would record this collection? Yes, absolutely. And um, the Uncovered project is going to be spanning at least another four albums. It's going to con- contain music from Florence Price, from uh, Chevalier de Saint-Georges, from um, George Walker and Perkinson, and... Um, uh, any more that we happen to discover that they have incredible string quartet repertoire. So these happen to be the most historically important black composers that have string quartets, original string quartets. And, um, and also the string quartets that might be able to have one or two instruments added, like the uh, piano quintets and the um, clarinet quintets. Coleridge Taylor actually sort of jumped out as being the perfect composer to start off the project his music is just so immediately accessible it's gorgeous music and um, as you said I think there are literally maybe only two other recordings in existence of some of these works especially the fantasy stuck are a little bit less represented than the uh, than the quintets but as we say we think it's extremely important that this music has more interpretations that these pieces don't just exist in one form only that they, they deserve the same kind of working over and the same kind of creativity that other composers get. Yeah, rightly so, especially now. I mean, I, I loved the concept of, of the Uncovered project because you're, you're uncovering these composers who have, for whatever reason, just been put slightly to one side. I, I wouldn't say they've been ignored, but it's almost as if they're, they're put to one side as black composers because they somehow, until this point, they've somehow kind of existed in a realm of their own. Yes. Whereas actually they stand alongside their peers. Exactly. And the three pieces that are on this album were all composed within a a couple of years of each other, weren't they? Yes. When he was obviously quite young because he died very young. Yes. Yeah, one of the um, interesting points to a lot of the string quartet repertoire from these composers' outputs do happen to come from their close to conservatory days. I think that they were in the the stages of their music making where they felt that that was an important step to take, important to um, to tackle that sort of like such a prolific and in, yet intimate genre. And we're really fortunate that because there are many other um, prolific uh black composers that never we don't really have existing string quartets from so we're really grateful for these yeah and um i think the fantasy stuck especially that's a you know it's, it's five pieces that 
sort of stand alone, but together. Yes. Well, as it happens to turn out, those are the only three works that at least have survived that we know of for the string quartet combination. Right. So, so you're, you're, you're completists. You are doing everything that you could possibly do, which is lovely. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's great. So then, so you did, did you, how did it come about? So obviously adding the piano and then adding the um, clarinet. Uh, we decided on the repertoire first. So as you said, uh, the project being geared towards having a complete picture of these composers output, we, um, we knew that um, Samuel Coleridge Taylor had these three works that would work for our recording scheme. And immediately, we, especially because the, the clarinet quintet is, it does have a couple of really nice recordings, even though it obviously deserves more. It's, it really is maybe one of the masterpieces out of that we, we will be recording out of the complete set. And it kind of jumped out to us immediately that it would be such a no brainer to ask uh, Anthony McGill to join us for this album. Uh, we have a, a somewhat of connections with him. Um, we're some of us are friends with his brother who um, also plays woodwinds. And um, we just knew that it would be uh, such a dream and it would be really doing the music the greatest justice to have that caliber of artists play with us. So we reached out to him after we sort of brainstormed the project in 2018. Right. But when did the recording actually happen? Yeah. So, and so we came up and also we asked Stuart Goodyear, which who was another no brainer, just his, his virtuosity and his, his oh, music musicianship. Yeah. It, a real treasure. It's one of the high, definitely highlights of my career is to be on an album with these two beautiful, um, collaborators. So we got together in 2018, summer of 2018, and we conceived the album actually at one of the a summer camp that we teach, which focuses around issues of diversity already. It's for um, high school age, black and Latino string players. We teach them string quartet literature. And um, some of our colleagues had been bringing music underrepresented composers for years. And this particular summer, we had just heard such beautiful repertoire, like the uh, Samuel Coleridge Taylor Fantasy Stoka for the first time. It was sort of like the tipping point. We were like, this music like needs to be exist as a collection somewhere. And that's when we decided that we were going to undergo the project. And we had a bunch of meetings over the summer and we started organizing it. And we recorded the first album. It took a year to get the fundraising and to get all of the um, details worked out so we recorded the very next summer right of, of 2019 right and then it was I guess I guess a question of mastering and mixing and all the rest of it yes and you know COVID and many other things sort of made it a, kind of delayed it a bit but then it took another year to be released yes yeah so it's out now um it's just it's it's stunning to discover new music I you know that's not modern <laughs> so yes. so I, cause i've never heard these pieces so it's just they're just stunning aren't they really are yes and are you intending are you hoping to tour with these or are you waiting to see what the the reaction is or well as a matter of fact we were always intending to tour with these and um re as of we i mean we started the project in 2018 and we 
off, started offering this repertoire and it was a little bit of a slow sell because people are a little bit reluctant to program music they're not familiar with, you know, especially if they're not the ones having commissioned the new, that particular new music, they don't have control over what they're hearing. And, you know, after the album, you know, the, the success that the album is now having, and also, you know, the events that happened over this summer, um, people are a lot more open and we have been, I'm going to use air quotes to say touring because our touring in the, in the, over the last year has really been streaming. Yeah. Uh, streaming concerts, but we have been, we have been doing like um, going out to different venues and like, and streaming for different presenters that have been keeping their seasons going. And we've been almost exclusively doing uncovered repertoire, which is really, really nice that people um, are being open to it because I mean, as you said, it's really nice to hear new music that's not modern. And it's, it's a, it's only a shame that it's taken this long to, to get it to do. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Obviously the issues of race have, I mean, they really came to the fore in 2020 and it's, 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 so good that out of such terrible terrible events that some positives have come especially in the creative field I think so I think this whole uncovered project is is absolutely fascinating yeah and it's um it's really something that when we set out to do this it really had nothing to do with those particular events it's just uh I, but I guess we had already the the arts world was sort of all and the entire country and the entire world was already sort of ramping up for this moment. So um, we're just really glad that we can offer what we can at a yeah. time when it's really relevant. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned um, that you've been doing some streaming. Your wife is one of the violinists. Is that right? Yes. So, but then you don't all four of you live together. So it all do you. No, we don't all live together, but what we have done is we've about in the very, very first uh, couple, many months of the of the pandemic, we were kind of just on true, true lockdown because nobody really had a grip on how bad things were. Or, I mean, none of the orchestras, none of the arts, anything were doing anything. So we kind of were just reacting to the sort of like panic of the time. So we weren't meeting at all. We were just, you know, like maybe putting together those little like... Um, those social distance type videos with the windows. We were doing what we could, oh, yeah. you know, like, you know, um, practicing our parts and planning. But in around the summer, we started getting together um, in a sort of like a potting type system where we would like make sure we regularly got tested. We wear masks in rehearsal, but we were meeting on a regular basis, just keeping our, um, you know, our contact points as minimal as possible. And, um, you know, it's worked out so far. None of us have gotten sick and um, we've been meeting and we've been actually going to these venues uh, in, a, in certain circumstances. Like we've played a concert with the Cincinnati Symphony in, um, in September where we actually went, you know, they had proper COVID protocols. We wore masks, got our tests and um, everything went well. We, you know, streamed the concert. It was beautiful. That's amazing, isn't it? And uh, yes. I think how how in the last 12 and a half, 11 and a half months, we've all managed to adapt 
Yes. And I think how some musicians have managed to do that is is really quite extraordinary. And some venues have kind of embraced how it can happen. It's not the same, but at least it's something. It's a step in the right direction. So how are things looking for? um, Are you getting hints about what might happen with live performances over there? Hmm. Well, nobody, I mean, everybody likes to have positive out positive projections. And then it's sort of been the trend that you aim positive and then it kind of like falls flat. So, (laughs) uh, so I don't know how many, how much these predictions can really tell anything, but there has been a slow trend of, um, little bit more audience members being, um, like, maybe we're talking about like anywhere from like 10 to uh, from five to 15 audience members in some of these live streams, like in the halls at the same time as us. So uh, my prediction, if it's worth anything, is that that number will slowly creep up as we get more control over the numbers. And until, I mean, it's probably going to be a really, really slow rollout over the next so many years, but I think we'll see sort of see a, a rollout of, of the halls getting a little bit fuller and fuller and sort of a phasing out of the more online things, but not a total phase out. No, no. And it, it strikes me that there will, we'll be going to this hybrid version of gigs of concerts. Yes. And that will be the norm because people have been investing in the technology. So why not, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's right. Um, I heard an interview today with the UK live Uh, music business organization and they were talking about hopefully getting some festivals going that Mm. will obviously be but they won't look like festivals have looked you know there won't be loads of people in a field all next to each other but there will be sort of pods and and you know sort of ramped off things and and you know people people open air being able to enjoy music again and uh that will be fabulous i think if it happens absolutely yeah. So when you're not, because obviously you don't work as the quartet all the time, what else do the members of the quartet do? You're all members of various other groups, you know, yes. orchestras and things. So, Well, you know, I think we did a lot. We're actually much yeah. more full, full time in COVID than <laughs> yeah. we are outside of COVID because our situation is one of the very few that, actually has a little bit of flexibility and the sort of fact that we only need to see um, the four of us together keeps our situation much safer than any of the other um, outside activities that we usually do. So I would say that we are, we are mostly full-time as a string quartet, but we have other ac- uh, activity, musical activities that I think a lot of other quartet members also enjoy having other activities. Um, Carla and Abby, Abby play in the um, Orpheus Chamber Orchestra. Oh, right. Yeah, and Abby's actually a, a member, a full-time member. Carla's um, is a sub. And um, sometimes I enjoyed subbing with the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra, and um, I'm a full-time member of the International Sejong Soloists, which uh, plays a lot in Asia. But, I mean, in COVID, none of these things have happened. Not a single event in the whole last year, have, not a single event. Of, of what you would consider a normal event. Not a single one has happened. Um, and Carlos enjoys doing subbing on Broadway and he does a lot of other sort of multifaceted things. He's writing a book on, uh, 
on um, the uh, music and so those sort of things. But like I said, it's those, the, the larger the organization, the sort of harder it is to be flexible. Sure. Okay. So um, the, so this is uncovered volume one, which is yes. Samuel Coleridge Taylor. And have you already recorded some of volumes two, three, and four, or are you in the process of planning that? Yes. Volumes two and the volume two will be a two part. It will be the complete works applicable string quartet works for Florence Price. So that is, we are recording that in the spring and hopefully in the summer, we're still trying to nail down dates for the summer for the um, piano quintet, which is going to be recorded with Michelle Kahn. And um, that is going to be four string quartets and two piano quintets. So that's a big one. And it's very, very exciting because there, as far as I'm concerned, unless they're, the recordings are in the works and about to be released. None of these pieces have been professionally recorded. And especially there are two or three that we had to um, find in manuscript form. Right. They only exist in manuscript form. So this is a super, super exciting part because this is the, the real heart of the uncovering process here. Yeah. And so you've got a female pianist. Yes. Wow. I mean, that there, there's so much going on there, isn't there? You know, you've got a black female composer with a female soloist and, you know, that's, that's going to be stunning. So I, my guess is though that's going to be another year before that's coming out. Yes. I mean, we're going to push. Yeah. We're going to push to get it out as quick as possible. So, I mean, maybe the earliest and maybe we could get it out in six months after we're done recording it. So we'll look for that. Yeah. We're going to aim for Excellent. that. Well, I, I will definitely look out for that. That sounds, that sounds amazing. So, well, thank you so much for joining me, Paul. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, that was Paul from the Catalyst Quartet. And certainly that whole uncovered project sounds amazing. I have some very interesting interviews lined up for the months of April, May, into June, in fact, I'm getting booked up, which is great news. And there are some exciting projects coming up, including Hertfordshire Music Festival, which if anybody is local, that would be an amazing thing to see. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please do subscribe and uh, leave me reviews. And contact me on social media. You can find all the links in the show notes. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening, and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. 
So have a great week and please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World.